Introduction In order to master the craft of writing and the art of storytelling, you must internalize the rhythms of the human experience and the ways we share that experience. There are deep and consistent patterns in the ways we tell stories, weave narrative illusions, and develop fascinating characters. This collection includes three Dunlithill Writer's Guides. Story Theory How to Write Like J.R.R. Tolkien in Three Easy Steps Verisimilitude How Illusions, Confidence Games, and Skillful Lying Can Improve Your Fiction Character and Archetype How to Make Readers Fall in Love with Your Imaginary Friends When you understand and apply the simple but powerful patterns taught in these guides, you will be well on your way to becoming a masterful writer. Part 1. Story Theory Chapter 1. Why do we tell stories? Watching an anthill, it's hard not to marvel at the way in which they work together. The magic, according to entomologists, is a matter of chemistry. Ants exchange chemical signals when they meet, enabling them to recognize members of their colony and coordinate activities. Storytelling is our version of chemical signaling. Long before we worked out conventions for courses, textbooks, encyclopedias, and so on, we told stories to convey information and coordinate activities. Stories are the original how-to. They say, in essence, if you find yourself in a situation like this, here's how to deal with it. Stories are about cause and effect. Ernest Hemingway once won a bar bet that he could write a story in only six words. His words were, For sale, baby shoes, never used. Like other bar bets, it's impressive, but not quite what it appears to be. In particular, Hemingway's story isn't a story, it's a story prompt. In arguing that Hemingway did indeed have a story, you might point out how each two-word phrase is like one of three acts, taking us in a different and more dramatic direction at each turn. That's true, but I have yet to meet anyone who isn't intrigued by those six words. They can't help speculating and filling in details to create a story in their own mind. And the story is always about what caused the effect of someone possessing unused baby shoes. J. Michael Straczynski explains story this way. The king died and then the queen died. Not a story. The queen died because the king died. A story. In the first case, we simply have two events. Two royal deaths listed in the chronicles. In the second, the story organizes the two events into a cause-effect relationship. Naturally, there's a great deal more to a satisfying story. A novel, for example, will describe many causes and effects on different levels and in different dimensions. Must all stories show cause and effect? What about literary fiction? Don't be misled by the siren song of the literati and their conceit that a nuanced character study is superior to plot-driven commercial offerings. Even a character study is about the causes and effects of the character's beliefs and behaviors. Stories attribute significance. 
There is a Native American tale which explains how the mountains surrounding the tribal homeland were created when the trickster trapped giants and turned them to stone as punishment for their wickedness. Similarly, one of the remarkable things about The Lord of the Rings is the way in which Tolkien produced a fictional landscape full of the significance accumulated over the course of three ages. There were stories, often only hinted at in the text, behind so much of the landscape that it became a character in its own right. In both cases, it is the stories that give the landscape significance. Stories work their magic on people and events as well as on physical features. They tell, and more importantly show, why we should care about someone or something. By rehearsing the cause of a particular effect, they teach us why the subject is important and stands out from others like it.